0: The Bible reading today is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. May God bless the reading of his word.
1: Hi Cross Culture and everyone watching at home. My name's Craig and I'm an intern here at Cross Culture and I'd like to welcome you today. Today we're continuing our Statement of Faith series with some amazing news about Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. So far in our series we've heard about God's word, the Trinity, God the Father, and now we're up to point four in our Statement of Faith. This reads, Jesus Christ, God the Son, is sent by the Father. Conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, he is fully God and fully human. And sometimes this is called the incarnation, meaning the Son of God became human to save us. And C.F. Lewis even describes this as the grand miracle of the Christian faith. So before we begin, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to you. Please fill us with your spirit to receive you and to receive your word and to receive your son, Jesus Christ. Transform us, we pray, to love you and to love your son and to believe in his name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you ever feel like people don't understand you? Like they just don't know you or the struggles that you face? If only they knew what you were going through, maybe then they wouldn't be so hard. Or maybe you feel like the difficulties you face are insurmountable. You feel like you'll never break out of your bad habits or you'll never overcome a broken relationship? How will you ever take another step? And even if there is someone who understands, it may feel like there's no one who can help. I remember when my wife left me for someone else. I never felt so guilty or alone. There were some people I knew who no longer approached me and I felt like I'd become an untouchable. I asked the question, who could I turn to for help? The thing is, we need someone who knows the struggles we face, someone who can empathize. But more than that, we need someone who can stand up for us and help us. And today, we'll see how Jesus is this person. But more than that, we'll see how Jesus is this God for us. We'll see how absolutely vital it is for us that Jesus is fully human and fully God. Not only to be saved, but to be known deeply and to be sustained all that we face in the journey ahead so first let's look at what the incarnation is what it is that God became man before seeing why it's so vital to me and to you we read in our passage that before all things were made the word Jesus was with God in eternity in the beginning was the word And the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is with God the Father. And verse 18 says that he's at the Father's side in closest relationship with him. And Jesus will go on to say that he's even one with him. Yet here we see that Jesus is distinctly, eternally God who was before all creation and as God, all things were created through him. Jesus is the Father's agent through whom every single thing came into being, all the galaxies, our world, me and you. Then Jesus entered into his creation when he came into the world. We read in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. The Father sent his Son into the world as a man, flesh and blood, and yet Jesus retained his glory as the Son of God. How did this happen? We'll see our explanation here in Matthew. When the Virgin Mary was betrothed to Joseph, the Holy Spirit conceived Jesus in her. Then the Virgin gave birth to Jesus, who was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. We need to realize that because Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit, he is born in holiness and without sin. So to sum up to this point, Jesus proceeds from God the Father and is himself God the Son. He is conceived by God the Spirit and comes into the world as a child. Flesh and blood like us, the children he made. Here is the incarnation. The eternal God is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul expresses it in this way. He is the image of the invisible God. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Now throughout the years, there have been a number of controversies about whether Jesus was truly God or truly man. First of all, people saw him not as God, but as merely a man. And then others thought that his divinity swallowed up his humanity and that he wasn't truly human. And still others thought of him as some kind of demigod, half God, half man. None of these views accurately represent the biblical revelation of Jesus. Rather, Jesus is one person with both a human nature and a divine nature. And these are united in him without mixture, without separation or division. And each nature retains its own attributes. In other words, the person of Jesus is fully God and fully man. And it's so important that we stand up for this truth because we'll see that our life and our future depend on it. Today we'll see three vital reasons why Jesus had to be fully God and fully man. To save us completely, to know us deeply, and to sustain us eternally. So to our first amazing truth, Jesus saves us completely. As the Apostle John says in his most memorable way, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The inspiration for the father sending his son was out of his great love for us. He had to come so that we wouldn't die in our sin, but instead have eternal life with him. And Jesus accomplished this salvation when he sacrificed himself for us upon the cross, taking on himself God's punishment for our sin in our place. This means that our sin is no longer counted against us, but we can be forgiven. And because the father accepted his sacrifice, Jesus was raised from the dead and declared to be the son of God. And so he brings all who believe in him into right relationship with his father. We, and as we read in our passage, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, Jesus had to become human to deal with human sin. Yet God could not have accepted Jesus' sacrifice if, like us, he'd been corrupted by sin. So that's why Jesus had to be conceived by the Holy Spirit and live in the righteousness that God requires so as to be the perfect sacrifice for us. And because Jesus is eternal, his sacrifice is eternal. It is made once for all time and it's sufficient to save all people. Having accomplished his work of salvation, he now reigns as Lord in heaven at God's right hand, which we'll see later on is vital for us too. So you see, there was no other way to save us. Jesus had to be truly God to represent us, yet he had to be truly God to free us from slavery to sin and Satan who held us under fear of death. During the American Civil War, the northern states fought against the southern states, primarily on the issue of slavery there were four million African-American slaves who drove the nation's labor force. However, President Lincoln opposed this. He said, I am naturally anti-slavery. If slavery is not wrong, then nothing is wrong. So Lincoln declared the slaves in areas of rebellion were forever free. The slaves were immediately free But this freedom was not fully experienced until the President's army had come to put it into full effect. There were many slaves who tried to flee and some created false identities and then there were others who even tried to help them. But they could never be truly free this way. They needed the power and authority of the President to deliver their freedom. And so it is with the Lord Jesus. Only he has the power and authority of God to deliver us from bondage to sin, Satan and death. And we are declared free and forgiven the moment we put our faith in Jesus. And when he comes again with the host of heaven, we will fully experience this freedom with him in eternal life. Jesus, truly God, truly man, is truly awe-inspiring. So let's worship him, our Lord and our God. We know that we struggle with sin and brokenness. We make ourselves gods and lust for what we don't have. Maybe it's respect or power or someone that we crave. And we face our greatest predicament, the death cut off from God because we rejected him and went, at it and went our own way. It's only Jesus who can save us. So let's worship him, the eternal God through whom all things came into being, yet who loves you so much that he entered into life with you. Let's praise him as the one who became like you, so that you could flourish in newness of life with him. So we've seen how it's essential that Jesus being God and man is essential to save us. Now let's see how the incarnation means that he knows us deeply. You see, we need a saviour who knows our weaknesses and struggles, for then he can help us. And we need a saviour who knows our deepest needs and joys, for then he can fulfill us in him. In becoming like us, in eating and laughing, in weeping and even dying, Jesus entered fully into our experience. But not only did he come to know us, Jesus came so that we may know God. For although we were made through him, we did not know him nor his father. So he who gives light light to all people came as a man and showed us his glory as the only son of God. In showing himself as the son of God, he makes known the father. And it's a wonderful truth that in knowing Jesus, we know God. As it's written, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. Yet though He is God, the eternal creating Word, He humbled Himself and became human like us, even a servant of all. He endured all the kinds of things that we do and more so that he can fully empathize with us. He suffered and tempted and was tempted in every way that we are. So he is able to help us in all the secret temptations that we face. Like doubting God's word or coveting what we don't have Or adultery in the heart. He became like us in every way but without sin. So he shows us how to live a life pleasing to God. In humble obedience to his Father, Jesus gives us the perfect example of how to love God and how to love others. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And because Jesus obeyed the Father and gave his life for us on the cross, God exalted him to the highest place. And now he reigns in, as Lord over heaven and all the peoples of the earth. Yet because he experienced and suffered all that we do, he remains our merciful God. He remains our merciful Lord. Nelson Mandela lived under apartheid in South Africa for most of the second half of the 20th century. The system of racial segregation meant that the nation was dominated by a white minority and the black majority held the lowest place. Mandela and his political party committed to overthrowing apartheid, but he was arrested for his attempts and jailed for 27 years. Not only was he subject to segregation, now he lived as a prisoner, often in solitary confinement. But when he was finally released, Mandela and the president negotiated an end to apartheid and this led to an open election where Mandela himself was elected president. Because he had endured all the suffering of his people, as president he knew their struggles and their hopes. But he also knew the people who had oppressed him. So he understood their humiliation as well as their needs. Mandela empathised with the people of his nation and he helped them to seek reconciliation. So it is with the Lord Jesus. As a man, he knows how we suffer and face temptation. And so he is merciful to us Yet as God, he gives us grace to overcome sin and to live in his righteousness and humble obedience. He does this by giving us his spirit who empowers us to live in the new way of unity and truth and freedom. So let's draw near in prayer to him who knows us when you feel like you'll never overcome a broken relationship, when you feel you've been treated unjustly, or when you feel like no one understands what you're going through, you can pray with full assurance that Jesus knows exactly how you're feeling. He knows exactly what you're going through because he's lived it with you. So we can call on him who gives us power in his spirit to live like him in humble obedience to our father. When Jesus was insulted he didn't insult in return but rather blessed and though he was God he gave himself as a servant to all. It's where we get the phrase what would Jesus do? Because in His humanity, His humility, and His mercy, He gives us the perfect example to follow. So we've seen how the Incarnation helps us in our past and present struggles. But what about as we press on towards the future? What if there's something that we just can't handle? So now we'll see how Jesus sustains us eternally. As you may have realized, uh, Jesus' divinity and humanity isn't limited to his time here on earth. His incarnation continues during his reign and priestly service in heaven. Unlike the former priests of Israel who died and couldn't continue in office, Jesus holds a permanent priesthood because he lives forever. The Apostle Paul writes further about Jesus' ministry. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. He is the one and only high priest and mediator between God and humankind and being fully God and fully man, he perfectly represents God to us and us to God. As man, he knows our needs intimately and prays to our Heavenly Father for our highest good. And as God, his his prayer is perfectly acceptable to the Father who hears him gladly. Even more than this, his intercession bears the authority of God and is completely effective. For example, we hear Jesus make his high priestly prayer for his disciples, including his future disciples, who would put their trust in him. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Because the father loves his son and accepts his perfect intercession, We know his prayer will be fulfilled for us as his disciples. Jesus will guard us and keep us until we see him in his glory and live with him face to face. But what about when we pray? Sometimes we might think, did God hear us? Did our prayer even do anything? For those of us who have done the ALFRA course, you may have heard about one of the soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. His brothers had died in the fighting and his parents needed him to return home to help work their family farm. For this to happen, he needed leave from the war and this could only be granted by the President as Commander in Chief of the Army. But you see, he couldn't get access to the president who was in his house, behind guard, in conference with his generals and staff, so he sat in the street, distraught and stuck. Until the boy came up to him and asked, What's wrong? Why are you crying? The soldier told him what was wrong and the boy said, Come with me. So he led the soldier past the guards and around the back of the president's house and took him inside to where the, into the room where the president was seated. And there the boy said, Dad, this man has something to ask you. President Lincoln heard the man's request and granted his pardon. And so it is with Jesus the Father willingly and gladly hears His Son on our behalf. And even more than that, when we pray, Jesus brings us directly to His Heavenly Father so that He willingly and gladly listens to us too. So let's have full confidence in Jesus who reigns on the throne of grace as our King, High Priest and Mediator. Thanks to his prayer and his powerful word, he will sustain us through all our struggles and even through death. He alone will guard us and keep us and perfect us in his righteousness until he comes again for us. As the Apostle Paul writes, he will sustain you till the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you feel like giving up, when you feel like you can't take another step, or even when things are going pretty well, cast yourself on Jesus in prayer. Let's cast ourselves on Jesus in prayer, our rock, our refuge, so that we may receive mercy and help in our time of need. Maybe you could pray in your heart right now, Jesus, my Lord and my God, I put my trust in you. After my divorce, I began to learn that I wasn't an untouchable. Instead, Jesus lamented with me. He embraced me with his mercy and slowly began healing me. He gave me friends who didn't shy away from me, but came and visited me in my time of need. How good is it that Jesus understands us and gives us grace to help, even by his Holy Spirit in us and even through our friends. All this is possible because God loved us so much that he became human like us and entered into our lives. Jesus alone, fully God and fully man is able to sustain us, is able to save us completely, know us deeply and sustain us eternally. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your great love in sending your son to become like us and to live with us. Please help us day by day to remember the good news that Jesus has saved us. Praise you that you know us intimately. You know our every need. Please make your son known to us more and more so that we may know you fully as you know us. We cast ourselves on you. Help us, strengthen us, and uphold us all our lives until we are with our Lord and Saviour face to face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.